Welcome back to the Discovering Forestry podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Lofi, alongside the star of the show, Mr. Arborjet Joe Aitken, here for another compelling conversation about trees. Joe, it is about to be a beautiful day here. I know we're doing a recording a little bit earlier than we typically do. How are things shaping up for you? How, how are things uh, in Michigan? I I think spring is going to come today. We're yeah. supposed to hit 60 and sunny. Uh, what, would, what, what do you do on a day like today? It started off kind of crappy, but, you know, it's... I know there's a lot of science that goes into, you know, growing degree days and every year with El Nino and there's a, a week or two uh, plus or minus of the season starting. But every year, you know, you get a few years in you and you get a few years on you. Um, it always seems like it starts later. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. I can remember 70 degrees in March at St. Patrick's Day. And now it's already May. And we haven't hit 70 yet. Well, we had one week. But, uh, you know, it's 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 good. A lot of cool things. Like I said, I, I love watching the trees wake up, coming out of slumber. Um, I think they're excited, too. So they it's are. a good time. It, it is a good time. And I have to I have to confess there is a slight pet peeve that I do have that that a lot of people uh, talk about this time of the year. Is they say, oh, my trees, my tree is starting to bud. My tree is starting to bud out. You know, as as somebody who's <laughs> climbed in trees, just like you and a lot of other listeners, uh, we know that a lot of those buds are set even before the leaves drop in the fall. You know, they're starting to swell right now. But, you know, it's the, just, the buds were been there. The tree produced yes. those last year yes. for this year's growth. So, yeah, they're swelling. Um, breaking bud. <sighs> yes. Uh, bud oh. scales are falling. You see that on the ground. Generally, flowers like maple flowers come up, which will lead us into days that maples generally have a flower come out, which most people, because it's not a showy flower, don't understand that that's a flower. It's true. So the flowers come out, a lot of trees, um, you know, and then that has to do with uh, fruit production. Um, a good bumper crop of flowers generally means that you're going to have a pretty good year of fruit as long as, you know, uh, with the weather being weird. Um, as long as you don't get a frost and burn those off, it's generally a pretty good year. But yeah. again, we have there's a lot of trees that haven't flowered yet, and I'm kind of like, hmm, how are they going to? So we'll see. Well, here but. here at nine thousand feet, the a lot of aspens, a lot of cottonwoods are really swelling, and uh, the catkins and some of those some of those those flowers and those seeds are starting to really push right now. So I I heard somebody the other day, you know, one of the one of the ranchers talking about it. With all the precip and and kind of the delayed quote unquote delayed spring, um, when allergy season comes in another uh, week or two, it's going to hit hard. So we'll see. I don't know yeah. if there's anything to it. We'll see. Uh, uh the only only one it really knows is Mother Nature. That's true. Um, there's a lot of factors. You know, I, I think we've never really got into on a podcast about uh, global warming. Uh, catch words that people use about the changing of the environment, but I, I think global warming is a catch word that triggers a lot of emotions with people. Mm. And there's a lot of people on one side or the other and then or indifferent. But I do know that weather patterns are changing. Well, um, global climate change. I think that's I think that's now more accepted than global warming, but I could be off. I, is, my circles that I hang out with are <laughs> but is that shrinking. you know it, we, we've talked in previous podcasts about 
um, trees being around for 300 million years. Mm. We only have data to support maybe 200 years max. Right. Right. So again, we're a blink. No, there was only 10,000 years ago. There was ice across most of North America. So, yeah. um, And everything's cyclical. Everything's cyclical. And I think they're right. That's why there's difference in changes and temperature and degree days and growing zone, hardiness zones. The world, the surface of the planet is ever changing. Yeah. A forest continues to march. It continues to move. And if you ever, st- when you study forestry, you know that, you know, windblown seed blows it over to the next yard and that forest keeps creeping over. Mm-hmm. So we're always on the move. Things are always changing. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's dive into today's topic, Joe. I think, uh, I think given, given the time of year, given the, the phenological changes that are occurring and you talked about, you know, maples in bloom and, and how that's less significant than a lot of people realize, but, uh, we were having breakfast the other day talking about maple syrup. And this is a fun time of the year where a lot of people, I know where you live, there are a lot of people tapping maple trees, also uh, Wisconsin and then Minnesota, friends to the north, uh, New England, big on maple syrup production. Oh yeah, Vermont. Everything's Vermont. In Canada. Let's geek out on that for sure. You know what's funny, Corey, but you know what's, as as you're enjoying your maple syrup on your breakfast, they've already tapped it. We're done here. They're already selling it. No kidding. Yeah, so that happens. You know, we talked about, you know, the buds. Um, it doesn't bud out. It's buds are swelling because the leaves are emerging. And it's the leaves are growing that are popping the buds open. They start tapping. Oh, my God, it's got to be end of February, March. When you get above freezing in the day and below freezing at night. So this has happened month, month and a half already. Um but we so, can still talk about it. I know yeah, because yeah. we're going to be enjoying this year's harvest. Yes. Already. Well, and so, and, you know, maybe we'll do the, let's do the 10,000 foot view on, you know, just kind of the basics of, of maple syrup tapping. And then maybe you and I can dive into why do they do it during that specific time of the year? What's the phenomenon that occurs and some of the science behind where we actually tapping and how much uh, sap it takes to make a gallon of syrup and all that, all that good stuff. If you're good with that. Oh my God. Yeah. It, again, I don't think we'll have enough time to really get into it. Um, and I know that uh, as we start our, our path towards maple syrup um, and traditionally we look at it, it's maple syrup. It's from a maple. Uh, I guess there's over 20 different species of trees that you can actually tap also because what's happening and I'll let you do the, the nerd science of what's going on, but there are complex carbohydrates, starches and sugars in just about every tree. Mm. And uh, so there are a lot more that are uh, that do produce a sugar that can be boiled down and can be edible. That's takes pretty good. Um, you know, I, I don't know about a black walnut or anything, but you know, it might be a little bitter with juggalone, but, uh, yeah, I don't that, know. I'm sure that's on the list. I know sycamore is on the list, obviously box elder, which is the type of maples on the list. Birch. I think I've had birch bark beer before. Um, pe- people you know, have all the, yeah, yeah, all the options. maple families, but you're right. There's, 
there's some weird ones. I'm trying to I'm trying to recall some of the odd ones we have up here that people still tap. Box elder. Yeah, type of maple. But yeah. you know what's funny? Box elder is still in the maple family. Yeah. <laughs> but it's you know, so it's it's not really it's not really different. Right. But well, let's let, let's get into the science of that. So, tapping maple trees, and for for a lot of people maybe uh, who aren't familiar with how we actually get maple syrup, uh, what what people will do is they'll go into the sugar bush or they'll find a a sugar maple traditionally, and uh, you wait for this particular time of year where, like Joe said, it's it's warming up during the day, freezing at night. The phenomenon that occurs there, we'll talk about in just a bit. Uh, but basically, what you do is you drill a hole into these trees. And you have to use a really good sharp drill bit. And typically it's only one or two holes and you want to wait till the tree's 10, maybe 12 inches in diameter before you start tapping. Um, and then what happens, aren't you going to kill the tree by drilling holes in a car? <laughs> no, drilling, I'm sorry. Yeah. Joe and, I, Joe and I have a whole nother world with it around drilling holes in trees. Um, anyhow, so, so you tap in these, these little, these little metal uh, spigots. Uh, spiels i believe you're called and what you're trying to do is you're trying to harvest the sap that would come out of these trees you then take that sap and you you boil it down till it gets to a consistency that you want uh, to get maple syrup now one of the things that uh, i remember from younger (laughs) younger years is that it takes either 40 or 50 gallons of sap to make about a gallon of table syrup and it's all depends on your taste and your texture that you prefer but it doesn't just come out people you know a lot of people think uh, it just comes out as a sugary sweet tasting thing maybe there is a little sweetness to it but really you got to boil down a lot of sap to get have you syrup. you've never you know what you've i've done I, I was remember i was doing a city contract uh way back in the day and we were pruning maples around the same time as we you would tap for syrup and these little icicles, about four to six inch icicle, it would start to drip. But then the next morning you'd have these icicles, believe it or not, you could break those off and eat them. And they tasted like rock candy and they were delicious. Oh, that sounds fun. So there is, there is still, uh, especially on a good sugar maple, there is a lot of sweetness in the sap before you even cook it down. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, it might make your pancakes a little soggier if you just, you know, pull it straight out. But like I said, it's all do about you, texture. Corey, it's all about think, taste. Do you? And, and then there's a there is a guy that you go by color. That you hold up to the color that you want, and you're right. Thickness, color. Do you, is it? And like I said, I'm not. I'm, I don't do this for a living. You know, don't, I eat <laughs> pancakes for a living, but sure. I don't, I've never done maple syrup. Is is the Boiling down and eliminating the water, is that for preservation? To, for shelf life? I don't know about that. I think it's more for preference. Is but, it? Yeah. Maybe we'll put we'll put that out to our listeners. If you are a maple syrup tapper, yeah, chime chime in. Shoot us a note. Let us know. But, oh, but and you oh, and sorry. you do you can uh tap black walnut. Oh yeah, absolutely. Walnut, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess it's pretty butternut. amazing. Butternut walnuts, yeah. I'd, See, every day I learn something here too. Well, and here's something interesting. And with the people you and I are talking to, you know, trees basically have have two main 
forms of vessel conducting elements in them. Xylem moves water and minerals up in a tree. Mm-hmm. Loam moves starches, carbohydrates, and some water to help transport down. The phloem is closer to the bark. Where we're tapping maple trees, we're tapping into the xylem. That's against what most people would traditionally understand because that xylem doesn't doesn't historically doesn't typically uh, transport a lot of carbohydrates. However, there's this phenomenon that occurs in maple trees and also some of the trees that Joe's already mentioned today. Uh, we'll give our listeners a second to think about it, and then and then I'd like to dive in because this is actually pretty pretty cool phenomenon. It what's before we answer it, but you're right. Now this the science has evolved where we understand, but tapping maple trees or birch trees or walnut trees goes back to the indigenous people of North America. Sure. This goes back to probably before we can date it. And there's probably a date. Someone's probably did the research, but this has been done for a long time. But understanding the physiological process that happens within a tree to to focus on the timing um, has probably been researched uh, thoroughly through the years. And that's why you always look by the uh, I don't I don't know if you use growing degree days and maple syrup harvesting, but um, I think it's probably like a lot of things. You just kind of know when you start to get your first couple warm days over freezing and it freezes at night, you know, whoop, maple syrup time. Get off you go. Just read your almanac, I guess. <laughs> read your farmer's almanac. Uh, yeah. So so uh, most deciduous trees, right, There's this, there's this process called photosynthesis where the sun hits the leaf surface. And what that does is it draws up water from within the plant. And there's some evapotranspiration that occurs right with the wind, stomata gets pulled away and that pulls more water up. And that's how you get, uh, that's how you get carbohydrates or sugars, which are made from photosynthesis, but that's also how you move water up and then that flow them down. Well, if you've looked at maple trees, when they're tapping them, there aren't any leaves up. So how is that water moving up, down? How is that circuit all combined? Where are these sugars coming from? Well, it all it all starts in the fall. We talked about how the buds really set uh, in the fall. Uh, but what, what's also occurring within, within trees, specifically maple trees, is those sugars, those carbohydrates are getting moved into storage, right? And oftentimes that's parenchyma cells and, and other things uh, hidden can be within the xylem. And uh, there's also these spaces exclusively with about, I don't know, 20 or 30 different kinds of trees uh, in the xylem. It's used for storage, but it also stores some carbon dioxide, right? One of the okay. one of the things that comes in during photosynthesis. It stores some carbon dioxide, and that plays a big role during this freeze-thaw cycle that occurs within a maple tree. So... Uh, this is a big, long way of getting around saying, yep, there aren't leaves on the tree to really circulate this fluid. But what actually happens, and it's called stem pressure, is uh, during that freeze and thaw, that carbon dioxide is expanded and contracted and it's expanded. So there's actually pressure within the tree. It's, it, it's an amazing phenomenon. This pressure, so this pressure is this yeah. pressure because turgor pressure is pressure within a plant cell. Right. Is it turgor pressure on the outside of a plant cell that's or is there a different? Question. So it's turgors. Yeah. That's just a term we use to talk about plant cell pressure. And that's why plants wilt. 
you know, right. lack of water. Is it what's so the carbon dioxide, the molecule expands when like, it's like warm. an ice cube. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it expands when it's warm. So here's here's another interesting thing about about this stem pressure is a lot of people think, oh, if I have a I have a maple tree and I put two taps in it, I'm gonna get twice as much production, twice as much syrup or or um, or sap. Well, that's incorrect because the pressure within the plant is only going to produce what it can produce. And uh, I, I, I was when when researching this and putting some notes together, it was something to the effect of if you tap a tree once, you, you're going to get X amount. If you tap it twice, you're really not going to get X times two. You're going to get X plus 30 percent because that pressure within the plant goes down significantly. Interesting. Now, all right. So this this got me thinking. Sure. So we tap in there, you're alleviating pressure that the tree needs to move this stuff back into uh, plant cells for consumption for respiration. How do you, how do you pump that back up? You know, if it's like a, say like a bicycle tire, if you let the air out, how do we get, how does that repressurize? My, my guess, my thought, just as we're kicking it back and forth here is, as the temperatures are warming up, those water columns mm-hmm. start to fill up and they start to actually dry in from the roots again. And that's just and then the tree starts to photosynthesize. Yes. Uh, it starts to produce again. Tree knows what it needs. Um, and then it could add energy towards uh reallegation to store that versus this. All right. Yeah, so that's true. what makes that's what so you get into this and you start asking the questions and you start and then you you know just enough to be dangerous. It starts to make you think down a different path, but I'm going to keep us on the the maple syrup path because um, this is pretty cool. It it is pretty cool, and like I said, I mean, stem pressure is something that I haven't talked about or heard about in years. Yet I enjoy maple syrup on on a stack of pancakes or waffles just about every week. And yeah. when you really think about the phenomenon that's occurring there. And so, you know, here's something else that, that you kind of brought up and poked a little fun is, Corey, if we tap maple trees, are we going to kill it? Well, Joe, you, I mean, people have been tapping maple trees, like you said, the indigenous people 300 years ago here, here in the States. Oh, yeah. That we know of, if not longer. Sure. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, some of the other things that, you know, we got to give credit to the, the indigenous people is actually using and harvesting timber. Sure. You know, there it's pretty amazing. And uh we should probably explore that one day on a future podcast. But I I'm with you. Maple syrup, um, it just goes down the trail of the amazing things that pr- trees produce for us on a day-to-day basis. And believe it or not, as we're 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 discussing maple syrup, my mouth's kind of watering thinking about mm. it too. Mm-hmm is that um, trees produce over 5,000 different things. I, I think we always lead with the big important one, like oxygen. Mm-hmm. That's kind of important, you know, um, producing oxygen, absorbing carbon dioxide, you know, soil erosion, the ones that we use on a day-to-day basis. But my God, we miss 99.9% of the things that trees produce for us on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Underappreciated. Um, yeah. You know, and I know you and I are dorks 
and I drive down the road and half the time I'm not look, looking at the road because I'm looking at the trees on this on the, all oh, around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it, it takes a, once it gets you, it gets you. And once you realize what these big specimens do, it gets you. Yeah. And you, you are hooked. And then you start, you know, you start to go down the rabbit hole of watching YouTube videos and geeking out with us and, you know, we Ted can, talks and yeah, we've got, we've got one coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean, all sorts of, all sorts of cool stuff. And you start talking about just how sustainable things like tapping maple trees are. I mean, it's a lifestyle. It's a production in, in many parts of uh, North America. It's, I mean, the maple yeah. leaf is on Canada's flag. How cool is that? Yeah, that was one from the 60s, though. I don't, I thought we talked about that one time. It we hasn't did. been on there that long. But... Professor Pricklethorne came on and talked about that. Yeah, that's bit. right. Yeah, he told yeah. us all about it. Um, you know, I uh, I wanted to bring up as we're talking about maple, uh, maples and maple syrup production. It was interesting about five, five years ago, uh, I was asked to present now everywhere there's uh, maple syrup producers associations. Michigan's got a great one. Um, and I went to their little mini trade show. It was like, a, it was, it was like, it was, it was really cool. They were selling small little evaporators and, uh, and the, the historic tapping with a bucket, the vacuum pumps. Oh, cool. Um, it was really amazing, but I want to, not to get away from the positiveness and the fun. Um, I was asked to present on uh, forestry and chainsaw safety. Oh, cool. Which you have a prize maple tree. And in the Midwest, what was happening is that as ash trees were dying in the forest, you know, ash trees, the root rot, they fall over early, fast. We're taking out prized maple trees. So a lot of the maple syrup producers in their woodlots started going out and removing the dead ash trees because they kind of grow in the same biome. Sure. And uh, it's hard, It's hard, but they had a fatality of a member. Oh. So I had to go in there and talk to them uh, about, and, it all, and this shows how everything is so connected. And... These maple syrup producers, and what a proud bunch, there's 300 people in the audience. So my first question was, how many in here has chainsaws? Every one of them perked up. They were so proud. Oh, yeah. oh, we all got them. We all got them. I says, how many in this room ever took a chainsaw safety class? Oh. Zero. Which caused an opportunity where um, somebody wasn't familiar with a, a, a felling technique, a barber chaired, and a man lost his life. So it all goes back to tree care and tree safety, even in the maple syrup industry. You know, we got to be careful. And the safety's first. <clears throat> so when you're enjoying that that maple syrup on your plate, just remember there's a there was somebody that tapped that tree that drew that sap and got it to wherever and evaporated it and put it in a bottle. So you got it. So a tree guy touched that. You can do this without technology. It's pretty remarkable. And you kind of wonder where it's going to go. Where does the science, where does the technology go from here with Tappy Maples, with some of these other products that we get from trees? And I'm sure there are people thinking about it. I, I don't know if you heard if you heard this one. This, this Springer is a, a 
I don't know if it was a, a rumor or what it was, but um, Canada has like a, they have somebody that sets the price on what a gallon of maple syrup will cost. They have like a like a like, not a black market, but they have like a government a commodity, control. like a stock. Yeah, it's like a commodity. It's a government government controlled stock or whatever, and it it sets the price on what a gallon of maple syrup is. And there are a bunch of people up in arms about it because not not all maple syrup is the same. So, it, but it makes you wonder, you know. They can use vacuums. You can use gravity. You can use you know different drill bits, different methods. It's fun, Joe. I thank you but for geeking out. It's just, this is fun. no. That, that goes. It's another question. You know, eggs. You can have a mass market of chickens in one little cube, and they can produce eggs all day long. Mm. It, it takes a while for a uh, a tree to mature to the point where it's tappable. Right? Are there maple syrup farms that were planted? in nice little columns right down the row, all gravity fed to in like mass, wow. huge maple syrup producing fields that were planted for that purpose. Yeah. Intentional sugar know. bush farm, maple farms. That's pretty cool. I'm sure there are, there have to be, if people, you know, people have been doing this forever. There has to be. Well, like, like say some of the, what are some of the name brands that's been around? Costco. I'm just kidding. Costco. Costco <laughs> just kidding. You know, I was trying not to go there, but um, what are some other ones? Like Aunt log Jemima. cabin. What's the one? Aunt Jemima. What was the one with the log cabin on it? It might even be. Log, we grew up with that log cabin log on the cabin. front of the maple. Yeah, I but don't know. Ours just says these guys been around, syrup. but it is it like is it like like farmers take their cattle uh to the to auction and they're sold off. Is it still the smaller companies taking in raw sap to a manufacturing facility and getting paid by the gallon? I, man, there's a lot of questions just started popping up into my mind. I didn't want to to blur it, but man, we might have to revisit this one again. We should. We should. We'll put this out to our listeners. If you know somebody who is who is deep into the maple tapping industry, let us know. We're we're just about out of time here, but. Let us know. We'd love to continue this conversation. And like I said, uh, this is something we don't, we often don't, don't really stop and think about. So I've enjoyed it this yeah. morning, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, me too. And there's 5,000 other things we could talk about too, Corey. Uh, and we will. <laughs> <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. And we will. Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you to the listeners. I know we don't, we don't ask our listeners for a lot, but if, if you stick with us this far, please go ahead, leave us five stars um maybe uh, forward this on to a friend and then please consider subscribing thank you so much i always joe a pleasure here all right Corey, have a great day you too bye hey great topic today yes yeah, so lots of good information yeah probably one of our best yet if you enjoyed the podcast or have topics you would like to discuss please send them to discoveringforestry at gmail.com and please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. Thanks, guys, uh, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Joe. And I'm Corey. Signing, Signing out. out.